Hey everybody, welcome to a special bonus episode of the Up for Discussion podcast. It's Whee! me, Tom Zalatnay, and that's Mr. Simon Peltier. Hello. Uh, so this is a, uh, a bonus episode, and we're going to be doing bonus content a little differently in 2017 from how we did it last year, in that it's actually kind of structured and planned this time wow. around. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so those of you on Patreon will get these like two weeks early, and everyone else will get them when they drop into the RSS feed toward the end of the month. And uh, yeah, today I'm interviewing Simon. Hello, how you doing, Simon? I'm doing good. Good. I uh, I can't decide if I want to be nervous or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I <don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm a little short of breath because I've been like bloated today. Yeah, just bloated. I don't yeah. know why. Bad falafel. Been, oh, that, probably that, that might do it. Yeah, yeah. I, there's nothing worse than like bad falafel. Yeah. You know? Like like good falafel like really hits the spot or like shish tauk or mm-hmm. shawarma that kind of stuff. But when it's bad, it's like ah uh, like I uh, yeah. Uh. Well, and that's it. And like my whole like trying to be vegetarian on yeah. weekdays this year thing means mm-hmm. that I tried to get shish tauk for lunch, realized I couldn't, uh, and got falafel instead, and it's yeah. just not sitting. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, kind go. of what we envisioned, or I guess what I envisioned when I was planning this was uh, I think it'd be cool if we took turns interviewing each other. Mm. Uh, so like I'm going to interview you, you're going to interview Tim, Tim's going to interview me. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <Excuse me. clears throat> and then we'll see, uh, maybe we'll even do it in reverse order at some point. Hmm. It could be fun. Uh, and then that's sort of just so that the audience can get to know us a little better as people like outside of just talking about stuff, like kind of talking yeah. about ourselves. I mean, in theory, they, they can't know if I'm making everything up, right? True. If you yeah. ask me where I grew up, and I say, "Well, I grew up in Guatemala," they wouldn't know if that's true or not. Right. Yeah. They don't know that Simon Peltier is a character, and that you're actually famous character yeah. actor Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I figured this would be a cool way to do that. Um, and I actually got some questions from one Ooh. of our like biggest fans, I guess. Oh yeah, really? You crowdsourced some of them? I did. Well, I crowdsourced my jumping off question. Uh, right, which was that's a, question a bit unfair because like, you have you have a direct link to uh, to our bit to our fans. That's true. And, uh, w- I we we don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> you guys all have access to like some people. Some people certainly. Somewhere in an email, I gave both you and Tim <laughs> all the passwords to everything. <laughs> <laughs> what you chose to do with that email <laughs> is entirely your doing. <laughs> um, yeah, so my jumping off question uh, cool. to kind of mm-hmm. go into this and then we can like mm-hmm. take apart your psyche and your heart and your you know history and whatnot. Um, our number one fan of 2016, uh, mm-hmm. Sarah, wants mm-hmm. to know how uh, how people like or like how you felt you got Jesus sentences. How I feel I got Jesus? How, how do you feel Jesus you got, got Jesus? Me. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> 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 no, uh, she, so she asked like, when you decided that you wanted to be an actor mm-hmm. in a serious way, like, was it hard for you to find support from like family and friends? Because uh, she was saying that for right. her, uh, where she's from in I think Texas, she said, uh, a lot of people when they decide they're doing that, the sort of assumption from everyone else is like, okay, yeah, but that's a hobby yeah. until you mm-hmm. kind of land a job with it. Yeah. So, like, what's your experience been with that? Sure. I think Montreal has a really cool um, vision and approach to arts, where like arts is is at least more than than uh, Austin. Uh, 
is is very accepting of of arts as a lifestyle and arts as a as as, as a career and so i think mm. in that in that sense i've been very privileged and very blessed to have that mm. um i think like I, I do come from a family of scientists right uh, like my mom's a researcher in psychiatry. My dad's a mechanical engineer. My sister is an athletic therapist. Uh, there's a lot of like medical practice in my family as well. And so I think it was a bit, um, took everybody off guard. I think when I, when I really decided that that was a thing I wanted to do. Sure. Um, but I don't think it took very long before people understood like, Oh, cause like, like, especially when I was like, Oh yeah, I want to go into like writing and acting. I was in high school and, and previously I had gone through like 18 different, potential career choices right uh and was i was very serious about all of them and then i was very serious about this one and so i think there's a little bit of like okay cool right they it, they kind of think yeah. like oh this is just another thing simon maybe wants to do but. yeah and then and then i did my first play and it just like i don't know opened something inside me where i, re- I really realized that this was something not only that i was good at but that made me feel good doing it right and i hadn't really experienced that before and so I think when I decided to do that and when I decided to do that, some people like my family was like, oh, OK, well, well, we'll see. Like, I don't think they they didn't say this, but they there was definitely a certain aspect of keep your options open. We'll see. You know, sure. maybe you'll change your ideas. And I kind of thought maybe, but it definitely felt different. Right. And me. I think that's like a that's a fair thing, too. Yeah, right? totally. Where you're like, I mean, everyone kind of starting out in the arts has to kind of have that approach to some yeah. extent where like. You know, for the first little while, you won't make money. No, for sure. Like, I mean, yeah. that's like real lucky, but yeah. Yeah. So it is good to kind of like be open to the idea of change, even mm-hmm. if you're really committed to it. For sure. And I, and I think that um, I, I didn't take it very much as um, a lack of support. I sure. did see it as, um, yeah, as, as cons- and just want, may, wanted to make sure that I'm taking the path that I right. want to take. Sure, and yeah. that and that I'll be okay when I do take it. Right. More just kind of like we're supporting you, but also be careful. Yeah. Like do it yeah. well. Do it right. You know, we want you to be an artist, but we don't want you to starve as right. an artist. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I think, I don't know, I've, I've kind of always been drawn toward artsy people to begin with. Mm. Um, just my personality has always been very creative and less kind of, I didn't hang out with jocks or with, you know, potheads or whatever. Like I was always around people who were, really into that or really into liberal arts right um and so when you're within that crowd and you say i want to be an actor they're like awesome dude right yeah cool. <laughs> you surround yourself with artists and thinkers yeah and you tell them you yeah. want to be a thoughtful artist and they're like yeah of course <laughs> aren't we all sweet yeah yeah so i say that's that's what it was and I'm, i i do feel really really good that i've always been surrounded by people who've been very supportive of that. It helps a lot, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely imagine that if I had been surrounded, that if my family had been a little bit different and was like, no, you you can't make money, do something else, then that would have been a lot harder. And I don't know that I would have right. pursued it, you know? Maybe I would have continued to do it a little bit as, as a hobby, but I don't know that I would have really, like, chosen it as my path. Right. What was, uh, out of curiosity, like, what would have been your fallback had you... Uh had you decided this wasn't what you wanted to do? <clears throat> when uh, when I graduated high school and I applied to SAGEP, I eventually went into creative writing, but it was a program, well, it, it was a French literature program right. uh, with a lot of creative writing and a lot of uh, theater as well, which was a, an interesting mix. But my second option was actually environmental science. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm still super interested in, um, in that. It's just... Um, 
whether it's whether it's because it's it was never really what I was really interested in, or just because it's not what I spend most of my time doing. Sure, yeah, it's it's fallen back as um, yeah, as uh, that's become my hobby. Right, is, it's more is, of an interest. Yeah, of totally. A passion. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and I think like nowadays, I would say that uh, I'm I'm just a very generally curious person, and I love learning things, and I consume a lot of media by people who are like me and who um make a living teaching other people the things that they've learned right you know like um there's podcasts like science like ask science mike and stuff you should know and uh how stuff works um all that stuff is just yeah it's people who are who are really curious and know have learned how to research things properly and then share that with other people who are also like-mindedly curious totally and so i feel like that would have been something that i would have liked to do right yeah cool that's Mm -hmm. great and okay so what was that first play that you did? Because I... Yeah. It Was it... It was high school? Yeah. Grade uh, 10. I'm trying to remember because I know... I mean, we knew each other by then. Yeah. It was it was uh, the adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe short stories. That's right. Yeah. That's nice. what uh, kick-started uh, my love for Edgar Allan Poe, for his writing, for his... Uh, just everything about him. I just find that... I mean, he's, he's kind of the classic tortured artist. Sure. In a sense. Um, and there's, there's definitely... There's, visibly two um pose in his writing there's the there's the tortured one there's the one who there's the very macabre one but then there's a very beautiful and elegant one who sees a lot of beauty in in everyday things um and who can express something simple like very very beautifully Hmm. um and these are sort of two sides of the same coin and and i've and i was really really fascinated with that and the play in a sense um explored that a little bit um, and I, I can totally see how, um, it can attract people of two different crowds. Like there's the people who, who love poetry and the beauty of language, but at the same time, there's people who are maybe more interested in kind of the, the, the gore and the scare and the suspense. Sure. Um, which is also like throughout his stories, like all his stories tend to be very, um, much more intense and a little scarier. And then his poetry tends to be more, uh, yeah, more more um, flowery in uh, in in language more than in like content. Like the content right. varies a lot. Um, some of it kind of feels almost like a folk song. Huh. Interesting. Um, yeah, he uh, he he has he's got a couple. He's got a couple poems. One of them uh, is about El Dorado, mm-hmm. and it does feel it does really feel like you could have a guitar and a banjo and make right. a. Like a Mumford and Sons type thing out right. of it. Like someone um, has definitely set this to music. And, oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Cool. Um, and then there are other ones that are like a lot more thinky, right. um, and other ones that are just like really beautiful and a lot of um, effigies to maybe not effigies, but um, dedications to mm-hmm. to other people that he knew. There's a lot of two M and two JT and two, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of two this letter he likes to write to justin timberlake yeah <laughs> i don't know that 2jt specifically but uh there's a lot of like initials and just letters and we don't know i think in a lot of cases we don't know who those people were but right. they were probably just friends or someone was like hey i'll give you 20 bucks if you write a poem for my wife and it's like, deal yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. hmm. sweet so Diving into your personal life now a little yeah. bit, yeah, uh, because we kind of got a sense of your like artistic mm-hmm. roots. Uh, I guess like what, what was what was Baby Simon, what was Baby Simon like? Uh, Baby Simon was 
kind of like now Simon, it makes a very quiet and very talkative. Mm. Um, when, uh, when, when I was starting university, I was very, um, I don't know. I just got really, really nervous and I didn't know what it would look like. And it was, um, really the first like specified or like specific craft schooling and learning that I would be doing. And it was just stressing me out a lot. And I'm very sensitive to change sure. uh, in general. And my dad, um, made a, a comment about me and he said that this was something that he had noticed in me my entire life that when I don't know what's going on, whether it's um, something bigger and more abstract or whether it's really just I'm in a room and I don't know the people, what I'll do is that I'll stick to the outside, just l- look around and watch, like really attentively watch. Mm-hmm. And once I've, once I've figured out how it works, I fully immerse myself in it. Interesting. Yeah, that's a really that's a cool thing to know about yourself. Yeah, and ever since he said that, I've seen it where like even just on the on like on the first day of class, uh, I was one of the last people to, to to come into class, and everybody else was sitting in a circle, and everybody was chatting, and I just sat and just watched everybody talk <laughs> until one person looked at me and was like, "Hey, how about you? Where are you from?" And I was like, "Oh, this is what we're doing now," and I just like <laughs> scooted into the circle, and I like, yeah, right. Sometimes it takes like. It, it takes knowing what's actually happening before you can fully engage with something. Yeah, right? totally. I get that. Um, and and once I'm once I'm <clears throat> I I really properly understand that, and I feel like it's something that I can get into, then uh, it comes really naturally to me. Right. And I can um, yeah, I don't know. I can I can really uh, immerse myself in it, and becoming sociable then <laughs> becomes very easy for me. Right. Um, like it's it's never been very difficult for me to make friends at least in a on right. like on a surface level sure yeah. to become friendly with people um and so yeah so i guess i that's kind of what baby simon was like he's mm. very um very sociable but whenever i retreated um i was very imaginative i was like i was the kind of kid who really would sit and look at the clouds and my parents would be like i have no idea where he is right now like I could have been in the front yard and they'd be like, I don't know where he is right now. Not because I'm good at hiding, but because like in my head. Okay. Right? <laughs> I realized, yeah, that was they just lost me. So <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I would be thinking like, I don't know, like just my, my, my thought process would just go hmm. wild and I'll, or we'd be driving and all of a sudden I'd be like, Hey mom, I noticed that some trees in the fall turn red and other ones turn yellow. Do you know why? And you should be like, Mom, or Simon, it's January. Why are you thinking of this now? And I'd be like, I what? <laughs> Did she know what? Uh, they probably made up some bung. The, the kind of explanation that parents make. Yeah, fair some enough. Some trees are different. I can never remember. <laughs> what. What is your mom's a researcher? Yeah. So she's a researcher in psychiatry in at psychiatry. Douglas Hospital. Right. Uh, For some reason, I always think it's biology. And then when you say <laughs> psychiatry, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I knew that. Yeah. She, she does a little bit of biology. Um, just because, like... Her, her domain is the kind of um, domain that mixes a lot of things. Like there's, okay. you know, like you, you study the, the, the makeup of the brain. Right. Um, which inherently there is some biology in there. Sure, like you need to yeah. understand hormones and enzymes and that kind of stuff. How the cells work and how the brain develops and how the body develops and how all of those things are connected and related to each other. Was um, it, what was it like having a psychiatrist as a mom? Well, I guess not like a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. psychiatry person. That's that, that's interesting. Um, there's <clears throat> it's an interesting distinction between like a researcher in psychiatry and mm-hmm. a psychiatrist. Like she she right. was not a therapist. Right. Yeah. She did. Um, she did do a little bit of. Uh, um, she was like a counselor at a school for a little bit mm-hmm. at a at a middle school, I think. And so there were definitely some some uh, things that she would do that now, when I think about it, are very like you you kind of would have to learn that. Mm. Um, like you know, if ever I was complaining about something, she just kind of wait till I was done and go, "Yeah, that's really disappointing, isn't it?" <laughs> that's great. And then I'd go, "Yeah, yeah, it is," and then go off and do something else. Hmm. <laughs> And like it's it's interesting because that's it is child psychology, but it's all in a sense it, it's still true for everybody. Sure, you know, like you still need that sense of <clears throat> of acknowledgement and validation when you're um, when you're upset or when you're happy. You know, if you're really happy about something, if someone goes cool and then talks about something else, you there's there's a there's something it feels like there's something missing. Right. And and again, if you're um, very upset about something and and someone goes straight into Oh, you'll be okay. Or mm. you should do this. There's still something that feels like feels like it's missing, and it's. Right. I think it's that acknowledgement of yeah, it's totally okay to feel that way. Right. You need and, to have that feeling acknowledged yeah. and accepted before you mm-hmm. can kind of work through it. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, this this is kind of the, the it, it's related a lot to um, how men um, relate to women in uh, relationships, where like men just want to fix things and girls just want to, uh, women just want to talk. But I think I think that's generally. true about yeah generally, <laughs> and I think I think that's true for everybody for like men between men and women between women and as well, hmm. you know where if if a guy's like yeah man like this sucks at work and then the other guy's like dude just fix it like there's you know we we're we're cultured as men to not um, I don't know I kind of suppress our feelings a bit but sure, like it's really yeah. important to like let them out it's really important to feel them take the second. Take a minute to feel sad and feel pissed off and feel mm. in love or feel whatever, and then you know once you figure it out, if or once you felt it, if you need there's something you need to figure it out, figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's it's important to take time. I always tell this to people when they're like, like when they come out of a relationship, right? Mm. If they're you know feeling upset about it and and feeling bad about feeling upset right because yeah. you, you always take that time to kind of sit and feel yeah. bad for yourself right <clears throat> and at some point you start feeling bad about that you're still in that space yeah i was like no you need to feel these emotions you totally. need to grieve and grief yeah. is normal and you need to like grieve this loss feel that entirely before you can even think about like yeah moving on from it yeah mike falzone has this rule that you need to take three days feeling bad and then on the fourth day go do something awesome interesting have you tried that? Uh, yeah, I did. When uh, my my current partner and I we broke up a couple summers ago and then mm. got back together after. Um, but when we when we did break up, I did I, I in a sense I took a couple of days to like mm. really really. I mean it, it was like I I wasn't moping, but it was definitely days where I, where I just allowed myself to feel it and not feel not given to the need to. Um either suppress it or do something about it to just right. feel it. Right. And then once I felt that I had felt it sufficiently, mm-hmm. three days later, I was like, all right, let's go do stuff. Right. And then I did stuff. Do you remember what you did? Uh, I think I that's when I like joined Instagram and just revamped my uh, my online presence. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I decided to just hang out with as many people as I could. Mm. Um, not right, as, yeah. I think we hung out 
sometime soon after that. Yeah. In the first day or two. And yeah. Um, and people that I felt like I, uh, people who I felt like I, I'd really get along with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but just haven't gotten around to hanging out. I like reached out to a lot of people, not as a way to like hide or, um, I don't know, just, just because I wanted to experience things. You sure. Know? I felt like I, I had been cooped up a lot and I wanted right. to, uh, go out and right. do stuff. Yeah. Well, that's one thing about like coming out of a relationship is suddenly you've got free time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely, yeah. yeah, you, you have, you are better about having time for yourself now than you were. Oh, for sure. Before you guys broke up and got back together. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. definitely. That, that was one of the main things that I learned about myself mm-hmm. was how badly I needed that. Right. Um, and I'm, it's done wonders mm-hmm. for my, uh, for my mental health. Totally. For sure. Yeah. I think figuring out what you need as a person is like tantamount to being oh, happy sure. and comfortable in your <laughs> relationships. And also how to recognize when you're not getting it. Right. Or when you're getting too much of it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I can really sense when, when are the moments that I haven't gotten a lot of time to myself and when I really need it. Um, so it's not as much that I can, like so, sometimes I can plan ahead and be like, I know that I'll be working these long shifts and I'll have all of this class and I'm hanging out with this person and I have this appointment within these days. I'm going to need to take Thursday off. Right. Uh, <laughs> just cancel. <Thursday>. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then there are days when I'm just like, Oh, like I'm just feeling like really irritated everybody for kind of nothing right uh i guess uh, i guess tonight i'm just gonna you know drink some whiskey and fold my laundry right and then and it's like it's very innocuous but it's time that i'm taking to myself to do sure. something productive and then i feel better yeah no <laughs> i totally get that mm-hmm. what's uh what's your whiskey of choice the whiskey that i have okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have um i have two bottles at home i have a mcclellan's and I have a Aberfeldy. They're both Scotch. Sweet. Um, they're very, yeah, they're both gifts, uh, birthday gifts from my sister. Uh, I do have a couple other smaller bottles, but for some reason, the smaller bottles, like, it's harder to justify using them because there's right. so very little of them, you know? So, like, like, they're so small that I'll use it once and, and then it's gone. And then I'm done. Yeah. And they're kind of cute. So you don't really want to open yeah. them either. Yeah. You want to keep them, even yeah. if just for the, uh, the aesthetic purposes. Yeah. Plus, they're nice because, like, if you ever really really in a pinch and they're all you've yeah. got left you're like i've got a drink yeah one drink yeah boom and if you know if uh, they're, they're probably about the right proportion if you want to make a cocktail too i think that's probably what they were designed for i would, I, I would imagine <laughs> i, I mean they're, to say they're, that really confidently and then the more I thought about it, <laughs> like i've i've always assumed that yeah i mean i would imagine that they're just kind of travel right there yeah and they're just something cheap that you can buy once and if you don't like it you didn't you don't have all this this huge bottle left over I've never thought about them as samples before. <laughs> like, that just rocked my brain. They're, they're kind of like samples. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So. So. You don't think too much about whiskey, but you do think a lot about two other kinds of drinks. Mm-hmm. Let's talk coffee. All right. What's your favorite coffee? What's your least favorite coffee? What was your introduction to coffee? I, You know, I was just talking... Uh, yesterday about my introduction to coffee. Um, I made it all the way to like 17, 18 without drinking coffee. Really? Yeah, because when I was a kid, my dad told me that if I drank coffee, it would it, it would mean that I wouldn't grow as much. My mom said and the so same thing. And so I was like, all right, I'm done. Never it's drinking bullshit. it again. It's, it's not, not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I'm sure that like giving a kid caffeine is not a good idea oh, no. to begin with. <laughs> but not for growth stuff. No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, and like if it, 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 when I was 17 or 18, I was like, oh, I should try to get into, co- into coffee. And so I, I, I remember one day going to Tim Hortons and getting a mocha hmm. and trying it. And I was like, this is not good. I don't like this. I just threw it out. (laughs) And I was like, maybe now's not the time. Hmm. Um, But there was, uh, I actually started drinking coffee during that movie that I, that I filmed a couple years ago. Right. It was when we were filming, there was one, there's one scene that happens during the night and we filmed it all the way till 4am. Had to get up at 8am the next morning to film all the way till 8pm. And then I got home at 9pm and I had two plays to read for the next morning. Uh, and my dad, you know, I, I I just could not keep my eyes open. My dad said, do you want me to make you a latte? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I don't <laughs> care. I'm going to drink it. And it was amazing. It was delicious. Yeah. And I, I never turned back. So, like, there wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> gradual. It really was, like, a shift. Mm. And I just loved it. Nice. Yeah. And I, I uh, <clears throat> I'm the kind of person, you know, because I am innately curious when I become really into something i will find out as much as i can about it yeah. and try to use that information to then use that thing as well as as yeah as best as i can right and so when i started to get into coffee i started to learn about how it's made and where it comes from what are all the different types of coffee why do they matter um and even just like different coffee drinks what's the difference and i started experimenting being like do i like lattes no, maybe there's a little bit too much milk, or do I like this? Oh, I pre- maybe I prefer that. Um, and when I was 19, yeah, when I was 19, a friend of mine uh, saw me putting sugar in my coffee, and he said uh, that I shouldn't be drinking coffee without sugar. And I said, well, I can't drink – I shouldn't be drinking coffee with sugar. And right. I said, I can't drink it without it because it's too bitter. And he told me, try two weeks, just two weeks without it. Huh. And then see if you can go back. If you can go right. back, stay. And within three days, I couldn't go back. Interesting. And I think, like, I I don't like when drinks are too hot. Mm. And so I always had trouble putting the right amount of sugar. Because, you know, you get, like, different coffees require different amounts of sugar. And then the sizes. And I just right. I couldn't. I don't know. It, I, I was having trouble figuring out the, the proper amounts. Mm. And then um, it turned out the proper amount was none. Was none. <laughs> now I don't need to worry about it. Because right. with with uh, milk, I just pour it until it's the right color. Yeah. It's the right shade of a, a nice golden brown. Mm. A golden brown. A golden brown. Something the color of this table, maybe. That's actually exactly correct. a very correct. nice color for a coffee. That is exactly <laughs> correct. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Yeah. I, have you... Do you only ever do milk after coffee? Or do you sometimes put the milk in beforehand? I think I've done that sometimes. Because um, that's the challenge, is yeah. putting in the right amount of milk and then still yeah. having it become the right color once you've poured the coffee. Yeah. At, at some point, you get the hang of it, and mm. you know, you know, like it's, especially if you always make the same kind of coffee at home, yeah. um, and you always use the same mug, then you get a... You get a sense of it. So, like, mm. I'll, I'll work toward that. I'll make that my 2017 challenge. That by the end of 2017... I know exactly. I can pour the milk in my in my mug and then the coffee and have it be perfect. I I often wonder if it's a bad idea to put the milk in after instead of before. I don't know why it would make a difference. <clears throat> um, but I, I I have no idea like chemically what the difference is between like pouring I don't coffee think, into milk. I don't think it makes much of a difference. Probably not. Um, 
Are you are you the kind of person who will um, pour your coffee in a mug and then wait a little bit before you drink it? No. <laughs> I guess the, the the only difference would be if you put pour the coffee in your mug, wait a while before putting the milk in. Right. Which I, I can't imagine mm. anybody doing that. Because I know that if... So with a shot of espresso, for example, sure. if you let it sit for too long, it becomes rancid. Right. Um, you're, you become spoiled. Yeah. Um, so that's why, for example, uh, where I work, if if we if I pour a shot and then I need to go do something else, but I know that I've got like steamed milk for a latte, I'll put right. a little bit of milk in it, go do the other thing, and then come back because then I'm keeping the shot from spoiling. So I would imagine that maybe... Uh, if you let the coffee sit at, I like, I don't know. Mm. I feel like it probably doesn't make a difference. Right. The, there, one, the one thought that, that I had when I talked to Tim about that yeah. was uh, like, so the milk, the chemicals in the milk, like react to the heat of the coffee. Right. And so if you don't like preheat your milk, then something slightly different happens and you might get like a burnt taste to the milk. And he said that he imagined if you let the coffee brew into the milk, Right, as opposed to, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to pouring the milk into the brewed coffee. Yeah, it would have more time to adapt to the heat, and so it wouldn't burn as much. Hmm. But I was like, that sounds kind of like a guess to me. I feel yeah, I feel like we've we've had coffee for a very long time mm. in on this planet, and we've we've been pouring milk in it for also a very long time, <laughs> and, and we figured out a lot of things about coffee mm. and. No, I, I'm pretty sure people have de- have devoted a lot of time and and thought energy into how to best pour milk, and I'm pretty sure the answer is it, it doesn't matter. Right. Like if there was a clear yeah. cut winner, we would yeah. know about it by now. I I know that um there's a there's a type of drink called a macchiato mm. that where you steam the milk and then pour the shot of espresso on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh some people say that that's better than an espresso interesting or sorry that that's better than, the, than a latte the the difference between that and a latte is that you pour first in a latte you pour the shot into the cup and then you have the steamed milk right um so a macchiato is an upside down latte it, that's exactly what it is hmm. um but it probably doesn't change much right um yeah i wonder it might taste slightly different i guess just because it hmm. goes in differently yeah i guess yeah. there's there's probably there's probably less crema, which is like the espresso. Uh, the crema is um, that sort of yellowish golden foam on the on the top. Mm. <clears throat> when you're when you're making a latte, because you're putting the espresso directly in the mug, when you pour the milk, the foam mixes with the crema a little right. bit, and maybe the crema mixes in with <laughs> the the latte. Whereas with a macchiato, because you're pouring the shot from another receptacle, mm. some of the crema stays behind. So maybe right. you're having you have less of that, and maybe some people can pick up on it. Hmm. And maybe that's why they prefer one to the other. Right. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. But that seems like it'd be a subtle thing that like <clears throat> you really wouldn't know the difference unless you really looked no. for it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. What is your like preferred, like if you had to say like this is the ideal cup of coffee for me right yeah. now, what would that be for you? There's two. There's the coffee that I make at home because it's the coffee that I make at home and right. it feels nice and it feels cozy. And the other one is I really, really like Americanos. Yeah? <clears throat> yeah. An Americano is a shot of espresso uh, in your cup, and then you add boiling water right? or hot water. Uh, and a lot of people call it a watered-down espresso, and I say they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're not. But I, I, like, I think like some people will ask what's the difference between that and a filter coffee, and espresso just tastes different. It right. has a lot of tastes <clears throat> that are... 
<coughs> Pardon me. No worries. They're very. The um, uh, we should get a cough button. We should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now this is just more natural. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, uh, so espressos have a have a taste that are very specific to them. Yeah. And I enjoy those, but an espresso in itself um, is very strong and yeah. has a different consistency. Um, it has a different mouth feel. Yeah. And it, it, to me, it's always a little dirty. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. That's that's because it is. It's because there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of coffee grounds in right. it, right? Um, and it and it's thicker. Yeah. Um. So you you by pouring water in it, you make it a, about the same consistency as um as a regular coffee, but the, but you keep the the certain aspects of the espresso to it, right? It it still has most of the flavor, but yeah. without the weird. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Yeah, and it's not too strong either, right? Yeah. Where do you stand on like drip coffee, like filtered? I love, I love it. That's cool. what I, that's what I make at home. Right. Is uh, ever since Christmas, I got a, I got a, um, a drip coffee machine, and my parents have a drip coffee machine, and I think it's, um, it's a good way to make coffee. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, I mean, it, dep- it, it to a certain degree, it depends on the machine. Yeah. But I think it, like, it makes consistent. Mm. Um, it's fine. It's, it's definitely not the, um, the way that will like make your coffee taste the best that it can sure different co- like different roasts have different b- ways that are better like dark roast is better in a french press and light roasts are better as a pour over okay um but i think there are like what i really like about my coffee is that it's or about my coffee machine is that it's it's consistent hmm. and i don't need to put a whole lot of effort into it right and that's what i like about it and then yeah. and like you know i get good beans so the coffee that comes out of it is good right yeah, yeah. well that's it and I think like uh, what bothers me is when I go to a cafe and like they don't have the option for just drip yeah. coffee and they're like, well, I'll make you an Americano. And it's like, well, no, that's yeah. not the same thing. <laughs> Cause if yeah. I want just a cup of coffee, just a straight brewed yeah. cup of coffee, mm-hmm. I don't want it to taste like espresso. No. I want it to taste like just a cup yeah, of coffee. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I grew up the same way. It was totally. filtered coffee at home, and then I mm-hmm. would splurge and get something fancy if I went somewhere else. Yeah, and my like um, <clears throat> my parents, uh, I think a, like a, starting a couple years ago, decided to try to get sort of nicer coffee, mm. uh, and then a couple years ago got a machine from I, th- uh, I think it's Cuisinart that makes it, and it's there's a recipient at the top mm. that has coffee beans in it, and it grinds the coffee just before it makes it. Nice, so it's fresh and it tastes so good. Yeah, it's it amazing. It's really good. I, I definitely have considered investing in something like that. Oh, yeah. I got a Keurig instead. <laughs> Keur- Honestly, Keurigs are fine. Oh, yeah, totally. The main thing that bothers me about machines like that is the waste that it creates. Mm-hmm. Because then you just end up with all these cups. Yeah. And they're like my parents have an espresso. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes decent, decent coffee. But I don't trust Nestle to actually recycle the cups if they say that they do. Right. I don't know what Keurig's deal is. If you can, yeah. Like some some companies have <coughs> compostable pods, which is right. good, but it's still more waste than I think you need. Totally. What I yeah, yeah. The, you can get. I know for the Keurig at least you can get like reusable K cups, so you can grind yeah. your own beans and oh, that's cool. Do them yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the best. The probably the only way to avoid waste. Yeah. But yeah, my definitely. My bigger concern is with like, is it fair trade coffee? Yeah. And conveniently, the brand that I liked the most in the variety pack that came with my machine is also like nice. fair trade certified. That's like, cool. Sweet. Cool. Works for me. Very nice. Yeah. So that was, that's been my kind of like, you know, yeah. like that's what lets me not feel too much guilt about my yeah. gig. 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way too. I I want to make sure that the uh, like in in general, but especially with coffee, I want to make sure that, uh, that the stuff that I get it comes from, uh, you know, is sustainable sustainably sourced, both uh, environmentally and just culturally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, what yeah. about the other drink? Beer. The devil's bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beer. You're you're a beer guy. I'm a beer guy. What's Definitely your... much more than a wine guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy wine at all? I do. I okay. just, um, <clears throat> most of my energy is devoted toward, uh, toward, toward beer. <laughs> so like, like if, you know, if when I'm it gonna... comes to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in terms of alcohol. Um, like I, i I care a lot about beer and I, I want to find out about it mm-hmm. and I'm becoming in a sense of, or I like, I would like to become in a sense of sommelier of beers. Okay. And that takes up a certain amount of energy, and I wanted—I don't want to do that again right. about wine. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I—and th- I don't know. There's something I find. There's something kind of douchey about being a, like a wine, being a wine snob. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I like—I think I don't know. I and I mean, to each his own. And there's some people who are who are uh, very who appreciate wine very well and are really cool about it. And there are people who appreciate beer and are dicks about it. Totally. Um, but I've just beer, like, I don't know it, it's, it has a more, uh, like earthy taste and I'm into, mm. I'm into that more than, more than wine. Wine tends to be uh fruitier since it sure. is made out of fruit Yeah, and beer <laughs> is made out of earth. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think like I'm, I'm more of a wine guy myself, mm. but I don't ever really want to know enough about wine to be that guy. Yeah. I just like to know, like. <laughs> what wine pairs well with what food yeah sure which is easy enough yeah yeah i mean my my go-to is red wine with red meats and white wine with everything else and never rosé usually works yeah (laughs) Yeah, never rosé so what's your like favorite type of beer like Hmm. for a while i was really really into india pale ales and bitter beers um but now i'm 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 really into uh ambers okay uh which are it like it's just that you you malt the grains a little a little longer, but they don't quite become red. Okay. Um. So malting is when you take the uh the the grains. So generally barley. Okay. No. Wheat. Wheat. Eh. Whatever. Yeah. Like I, there must be barley beers too. The, oh, there are. But then there there's some that are specifically like this is a wheat ale, and I don't know hmm. what, what whichever whichever grain it is, you um so you let it sprout a little bit, and then you roast it. Like very, at very fairly low temperature for a really long time, huh. um, and actually the process of making whiskey and the process of making beer for the first two weeks are the exact same. Really? Yep. Interesting. And and in fact, when you're making whiskey, the first two weeks is the brewing, or is it's not the brewing, but it's like you you end up with beer. It's just it's just that then you distill it. Okay. Where you, which is when you boil it to get uh, get get down to the alcohol. Huh. Um. And then beer is you just do other stuff. Then you you uh, once it's malted, then you put hops to it, and you do carbonate it, let it ferment, add the yeast, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I yeah, I'm I'm definitely more into ales than I am into uh, lagers or pilsners. I'm I have so, I've had some very very nice pilsners and lagers, but I'm I'm more into ales. They've got a they've got a heavier body to them, and mm-hmm. I I enjoy that. You like yeah. a heavy body. I like a heavy body, just like yours. That's why we get along. Yeah, I keep looking at you, thinking you're wearing a bow tie. 
<laughs> is, it, is it because of the monkey it's n- no it's just that like your neck is obscured by the the microphone oh, in such a way but the, your collar is <laughs> you know you've got that kind of collar yeah and i i keep glancing at you thinking simon looks really good in that bow tie and then realizing you're not wearing i'm a not bow wearing tie. a bow tie no but you look good today thanks man so have you, you, have you ever like thanks uh, yeah it's a lauren man t-shirt nice yeah it's, uh, They've got good T-shirts. I'm feeling fat this week. Not gonna <laughs> lie, I feel like a fat boy. Is that why you got a, a rowing machine? <laughs> <laughs> kind of impulsively bought a rowing machine. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that'll help. That'll have that'll you, get like, you some abs for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, for sure. Have you uh, have you brewed your own beer before? I have not, but it's it's something I would like to do. It's on your list. Yeah, it's on it's on one of my to dos. Mm-hmm. I know enough people who either do it or are also interested in doing it mm-hmm. that I'm sure I could. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like the, I mean. In this day and age, you can find a beer making kit anywhere. Oh yeah, and then get your get the hang of it, buy a book about it, whatever. Oh yeah, I've had multiple roommates who brewed beer. Yeah, yeah. I know Tim has, I think, done it, but never in his own place. Right, like he's done it with people. Um, yeah, back when we lived with uh, Terrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrell, I think, still pretty frequently brews beer. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Did you know that uh, beer is uh, the actual oldest beverage? Really? Yep. With huh. the uh, the oldest piece of writing that we have is a couple stone tablets from uh, Mesopotamia, and they just say beer's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, so there's some like weird local laws and decrees. Right. There's another one that's a beer recipe, and another one that's a list of jokes. Huh. And seriously, one of the jokes is a yo mama joke. Really? Yeah. It's oh, a joke about somebody's mother. That's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Who wrote this? Uh, Some Just ancient Mesopotamian farmer or scribe or probably scribe. Great. Um, yeah. And there is um, like there there is reason to believe that bread was developed as a starter for beer. Huh. Because it, it has a lot of the same ingredients. Right. And it's easier to carry around that kind of thing. And then you... I mean, beer would have been made differently back in... Uh, back into ancient Samaria. Right. Uh, for one, it was way lower in alcohol mm. and it was a lot denser and heavier because it was considered to be um, nutritious. And so it'd be huh. something that, like if you were working out on the farm, you'd have a little pouch with water and a little pouch with beer and you drink water when you were thirsty and when you're hungry, you drink some of the beer. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never had a beer that I felt like felt like food to me. Is well, that- have you ever had a stout? I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. Hmm. Like a like a really heavy stout. Right. You know? And you drink like a couple swigs of it here and there every 20 minutes or whatever. Oh. That's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. It makes me want to start drinking beer again. <laughs> I haven't had beer in a really long time. No? No, I switched. Uh, well, when I stopped drinking altogether, yeah. I stopped drinking beer. And mm-hmm. then when I started drinking again, I just kind of limited myself to wine. Yeah. That's fair. But Yeah. Oh, now I kind of want to... I want a Guinness or something. <laughs> yeah. Guinness is one of my go-tos as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of, I don't know. It's one of those that's like reliably good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I, I, I kind of think of beer. There's, there's like kind of two different kinds of beer in, or at least how I, I will approach beer in two different ways is a better way to put it. Okay. Where there's beer that I will, that I like to enjoy um, while eating, for example. Sure. And then there's beers that I like to really like taste. Um, right. So it's like beer with a meal versus beer as beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and <clears throat> generally like a lot of micro brews that, that I will go for, I'll try to get sort of one of each. Right. 
um, or it's sort of a variety of each. Um, and there's some beers that I feel like just taste so interesting that if I were to be eating something at the same time or eating a big meal, like I might have some chips and whatever with it, sure. but um, I I, w- I feel like I would miss some of the really interesting nuances in the beer. And then there's right. some like a Guinness, for example, which is good. And I'll, like, I'll, I'll drink it on, on its own for sure, but it's not the kind of beer that I would sit down and be like, what's this? Right. And it's the kind of beer that pairs really well with a burger sure. or some fish and chips or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, and uh, and again, there are some other beers that just taste so strongly that that either um, I would miss some of the beer with whatever I'm eating, or that would crowd whatever it is that, that I'm eating, and it would, you know, it just it just becomes a bit less enjoyable. There's just too much stuff going on in my mouth. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. we've got like my bowels are telling me we've got about ten minutes left before <laughs> we need to wrap up, and I think my clock is telling me yeah. the same thing. Cool. <laughs> Uh, so now I'd like to kind of just put it out there openly to you. What's something that like you think is interesting about yourself that the audience probably doesn't know? Hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good, that's a really good question. I guess something that I've been thinking about lately, um, is kind of back on that subject of my general curiosity right. and how I really enjoy just learning stuff. Mm. And I'm, it's really recently that I found out that that's not really all that common. You know, like I, and I, I think it's because I surround myself with people who find a lot of things interesting. Mm. Um, and, and so when I, when I share something that I've learned, they'll be interested in it. But, I'm kind of one of the only people I know who really actively seeks out information on kind of anything. Right. Uh, <laughs> I guess one, well, one one kind of funny example. There's a TV show called Peaky Blinders, which is about... <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. It's, uh, it was a Netflix original, and I think it was mostly in the UK, but uh, it's really good. And it's about uh, like British gangs in Birmingham in the 30s. Okay. And the gang was called the Peaky Blinders because uh, they would peek through their blinders huh. through the blinds um i mean i'm I, something like that sure uh, yeah. and <laughs> there's one scene where one of the characters has to go hide out and so she goes into a movie theater and she's watching some i don't know movie from the 30s and she's eating popcorn and i paused and i went i don't think they had popcorn in movie theaters at that time and i spent <laughs> 20 minutes looking it up and I was right. Really? <laughs> oh, that's the best feeling. I was right. But like I learned all this stuff about like how popcorn was invented and the commercialization of it and stuff. And this is all stuff that's still in my brain and that I find really interesting. Right. But it's it's not something that a lot of people will do. Sure. You know, even even if they'll think about it, it's I, I get the I get the impression that they'll go, huh, did they have popcorn at the time? Maybe. I don't know. And then stop worrying about it. But right. I I will really like actively seek that out. And then remember it. Interesting. That's a really cool trait. Yeah. yeah. I do. I really, really like that about myself. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's cool having that curiosity for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, on, um, I think, yeah, it would have been around, uh, around new years. No, it wasn't on new years. It was earlier than that mm. in, in December, there was a, a, a party at some, uh, some of our mutual friends and Tim was there and Tim and our friend Jake 
where they were talking about music mm. and music is kind of the one very elusive subject to me right. that I, I don't, I just don't understand. And the way that I phrased that to them was like, it's the one subject that I really know nothing about. Mm. And they kind of made fun of me of like, Oh, like you, you must know a lot of things then. And I kind of was thinking about it. I was like, I kind of do <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> I, yeah. Like I can understand, like I'm, my understanding of like physics is passable. My understanding mm. of chemistry and of, you know u.s history and european history and stuff right. and yeah, movie theater popcorn history movie theater popcorn <laughs> history it's more than passable right. i'll let you know, tell you <laughs> could write a book <laughs> oh books have been written my friend mm. books have been written about movie theater popcorn history. Oh, i'm sure Pro- yeah i guess I'm sure. i mean at, at it's least, gotta be at least at, an article right at least books in the history of like movie theaters as an institution mm. which did you know movie Probably theaters not. uh uh the way that we know them now look or uh, exist because of a montrealer really i forget his name but there was um uh yeah montrealer who like perfected at the time the uh the movie projector and huh. he was the first one who's like hey why don't our theaters have a lot of theaters inside them and people are like that's you're insane dude why would you do that and then he was like because then you can show like more than one movie at once that's crazy and everyone went huh good idea <laughs> yeah you know like in small towns i always see movie theaters that have one theater yep but i always just assume that's because they're poor i never <laughs> i've never thought about i mean like, there, there, there might be that too like it's a lot harder sure. to manage all that but but i yeah. never thought that there was a moment when like those were the, just yeah. the way it worked and yeah. then at some point some guy was like hey why not two <laughs> <laughs> when well, then hey this is a big space how about seven right <laughs> You can't do that. That's insane. How many does the the theater, the Scotiabank downtown have? They've got like 15, 16? Um, yeah, 15, 16. They've got, I think, two IMAX ones right. that are just something totally different. But the, the big one's the Forum that has like 23 or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget that's the bigger one. Yep. Because it's a smaller like mall next to it. Yeah. So it makes me think like <laughs> I can't possibly. <laughs> yeah, but it did used to be big enough to hold, you know, the Habs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks for uh, for enlightening me about history and about beer and coffee <laughs> and for and sharing yourself with the audience a little bit. Of course. Uh, if you guys yeah. liked this, um, Let you us can know. get it. You can get the next bonus content like two weeks early by going to patreon.com slash up for discussion, pledging as little as a dollar. I need to use the toilet. Cool. Any and, last thoughts? Uh, yeah. If you didn't like this, uh, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they'll like at least enjoy it. <laughs> Okay, I really need to poop. All right. (laughs) Poopy time. See ya. Thank you. That was fun. That was really cool, yeah. That was cool. I really need to poop. All right, go poop.